Hello and welcome to StarkCast. I'm Joe Stark, and today I am talking with my friend and fellow podcaster, Spoiler Steve. What's up, dude? Hey, well, thanks for having me back on, man. <laughs> hey! <laughs> and I want to do the, for some reason, I was like, I need to do the best Joe Stark uh, hello. So like, hey! <laughs> hey, stoked to be here. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I am stoked to have you here. It's always a great time talking with you, and I'm excited to have you on again. Yeah, I've been looking forward to it. I uh, I even asked you. I was like, hey, when's it, you got any spots open coming up? And I was like, in June, because you're so popular. <laughs> I was like, yes, throw me in there, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's, the, that's the schedule, man. It's like... It, I, it feels so weird scheduling things three months out, but man, it's, yeah. and you know all about that. I mean, the way that you send out, you know, invites for your show that allow people to plan way in advance for it and stuff. It's really handy. Yeah. And I had, I had just finished October uh, to get ready to send out to everybody. I think you're next on the list too. Cause I have, I have, I have like, you know, the, the list of like guests and everything. And then I go through each time and, uh, you know, I never not here's something I'll tell you and I uh, I don't tell anybody, but I never not like go against. But like when I send that list of dates, um, I never say no. Like um, uh, when you if like one person came back, was like, yeah, I'll do all those dates. And I was like, <laughs> fantastic. So I'll, I'll I've, I'll I've never said no to like if you want to do two, three uh, dates and everything, and you feel like you're just trying. Nah, just just take them. That's hilarious because I was randomly thinking about that yesterday. I'm like, what if somebody just writes back to Steve and goes, "I want to be on all of them. I've just decided that I'm going to be a co-host on your show for the foreseeable future, at least as far as this schedule goes." <laughs> yeah, it, it happened one time, and uh, it just—I mean, I mean, the reason I say it to all of you guys is just because I really like having you guys on, and it's always a lot of fun, and. Uh, this season I just started inviting some more people that like are very familiar to our, uh, our circle of friends at least, but I realized I haven't really had on my show. So I'm trying to reach out a bit more, but yeah, there was uh, th yeah, there was just one time where someone was like, yeah, I'll, I'll take them all. And I was like, awesome. And I mean, you know, shit happens. So they don't show up to everyone and it happens all the time with everybody, with every guest. I try to do it where, you know, there'll be four to five of us each week on the episode and shit happens a lot of times uh which is just life which is kind of like why i, I quote unquote overbook because you know you never know what happens and it's just it's easier i feel that way and then we do have a, a, gr a large group it's even more fun so you know it's always i'm always down for it but yeah, and this is for uh, the scene at Cast. I just realized we just went on a tangent. I just went on a tangent there, uh, but yeah, this is the scene at the scene at Cast. But yeah, Joe, great to be back. Thank you so much. Uh, is, if they can read episode notes, they know your podcast. But yeah, I should have said that. That's me being a shitty host. No, no, not at all. I just realized I was like, oh man, I just went on a, on a banter there for a minute. So, but I'm I want I'm really excited to talk about Saga. Because I have no one else to talk to about the comic, so that and yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We 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 got to talk that newest uh, arc of Saga that that just wrapped up. It's issues fifty five through sixty, and we'll definitely put a spoiler warning in front of that. And I will put timestamps even in the show notes because I don't want to spoil 
Saga is one of those books that I recommend to everybody because I think it's just one of the best comic books there is. And the the nature of the, the arc we'll be discussing will be spoiler heavy, and I don't want to spoil it for anybody. So I will make that as avoidable as possible <laughs> for those that don't want to get spoiled on it. Um, yeah. You had mentioned some, some X-Men books that you'd been reading also. I know you were like huge into the Jonathan Hickman stuff, right? He yeah he really like had it together where every book was so intertwined it was almost like the next episode of the series of the X Men just all of these different parts and now that he's left and he's done like I think he was working on Moon Knight I'm not really sure what he's doing after that but like it's not as connective and cohesive so I kind of I I kind of stopped subscribing to everything i'm just sticking with a couple different writers now uh like uh kieran gillen is uh i think i'm saying his name correctly but he's really good right now uh jerry duggan is really good right now as well he's doing the regular x-men series but um i've read some of his independent stuff is is oh yeah i I think i've read some of his marvel stuff too he really knows the x-men he took over he took over after hickman and each year they get voted in with the Hellfire Gala that happens in July, or it's like the it's like the X Men summer event now that uh, that Emma Frost and the Hellfire Gala host every year, and uh, and or the Hellfire Club. But yeah, the gala is just you know it, it, it's just it's it's a, they have all their famous people showing up and all their their famous very great outfits and everything else it's just like that real life um wow i'm blanking on it now i the think met it's gala. um yeah the met gala yeah, yeah it's like the it's like the comic version of the met gala and you have all these famous people showing up and like tony stark did not show up last year he was like fuck that shit and this year he like had to show up because last year they terraformed mars and now this year there's been a lot of political shit happening with that and uh they just broke out to the world that the X-Men can resurrect themselves and they're essentially immortal. And that's one of the new books out right now called wow. Immortal X-Men. And so there's a lot of like, just like people are like, what the fuck? And like, you know, uh, you're giving us all like, you know, because they already provide all of these like enhanced drugs to help cure cancer and everything. But now people are like, Wait, wait, you can just bring anybody back and like, you know, Doctor Strange is dead in the comics right now. So Clara shows up at the Hellfire Gala uh, number two, you know, this year's Hellfire Gala. And she's like, is there any way we can bring back Steven? And they're like, you need to be mutants. Like, we don't we don't have it. And like, you know, it's kind of like Westworld in a way where like when you're dead, you're dead. Like the resurrection is like a new is like a clone of yourself. So, you know. That part of you is dead, but then a new self is reborn and everything within a couple of hours because of these five essential mutants. And now the uh, the Marvel event of the summer, Judgment Day, is like all about this. Like the Eternals are like, I don't know, it's kind of, it's it's not the best storyline, I'll tell you that much. But essentially, the Mar- the Eternals are mad, and like now that all mutants can resurrect themselves, now they're all basically deviants in a way. So now it's like it's they're starting into this like eternal X-Men war and the Avengers are trying to like, you know, be the, you know, the middleman sort of thing. But there's so much um, 
just there's there's a lot of like deep tissue connected like connected tissue between both the Eternals and the X Men because of membership. There's been a lot of Eternals recently that have been Avengers. The Avengers headquarters is in this dead celestial body, which is very similar to how like um, the Eternals ends, you know, with that dead um, celestial body yeah. in the Earth. Well, it's very people are now assuming that the Avengers could possibly use that as their next headquarters if they team up with the Eternals, because that's kind of what's happening in the comics right now. But then you've also got a lot of X-Men that used to be Avengers here and there, but like, you know, Reed Richards shows up and tells Tony Stark, like, you know, they, they erased my memory and they're, they're telling me about it because he was able to delete the X gene on his son, Franklin. And so um, Charles uh, forced his brain to forget how to create, to delete the genome and everything, the X gene. And, um, and uh, you know, he's very pissed off. So now, and like not every X-Men knows that. So now they're called, they're creating political divide and stuff. And it's just, yeah, there's been a lot of great stuff, like not so great, but depending on the writer, uh, it's a hit or miss now with the series itself, but uh, I know I, I unsubscribed from uh, Marvel Unlimited a little while ago, but I know in like a, f- a couple of months I'll subscribe again and catch up on everything because they're only three months behind. But yeah, there are just some series I have to read immediately. Uh, but oh, I was listening to you and Matt Kirby. Um, uh, what's that one series that um, Joshua Williams did? Um, Nailbiter? No, the other, uh, the one where he was, he's like Conan. Oh, Birthright. Birthright. That ended? Yeah. Yeah. I must have, I must have unsubscribed during the final volume. Because <laughs> I was like, I am over this shit. Like, I don't care anymore. The, the other brother has magic powers now. We gotta, we gotta, the grant, you know, we have to figure out what's going Like, the, the parents are now in the other, like, world, everything. I'm just like, what is happening? I'm just like, oh, I thought this was ending. So I gave up. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you got as far as, 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 you know, the parents being in Terranos, you don't have too much longer to go. I think you've yeah. only got, like, one more arc to go and then you've finished it. And it's got a beautiful ending to it. Okay, I might have to go because I'm a huge hit or miss with Joshua Williams. Like he was good in the beginning of the Flash Rebirth, but then I had to jump off that as well. And that's why I jumped <laughs> off of Birthright. I got worried. I'm like, oh no, it's the Flash all no, over he, again. He sticks the ending on Birthright, the same the way he did with Nailbiter. Did you read that one? I did not. I still haven't read that Dude, one. Nailbiter is just one. so much fun. So it's it's such such a fun. But, you know, a dark, fucked up book because it's, you know, it's, it focuses on this small town that that keeps sending serial killers out into the world. And so it's this investigation of what is it about this town that turns people into serial killers after they leave it? And all yeah. the different types of killers that, that they came up with <laughs> for that book are just wild. And that's a complete story. That's that's been that's like 10 years old now, right? Uh, I mean, I don't know if it's 10 years old. Uh, I guess I don't know exactly. I'd have to look up to see when it was, when it came out, but just recently they came up with a follow-up. Um, so Nailbiter went for, I believe 30 issues and then he came up with a follow-up called, uh, Nailbiter Returns, 
and that went for like 10 issues. And it was a really fun follow-up. It wasn't as strong as as the first 30 issues, but it was a it was it was a a, a good follow-up. It's worth reading in my opinion. This is Image, right? Yeah. Yeah, Image tends to be my favorite of it and I also there's been a lot of books from Aftershock that I've really liked a lot. A lot plenty of Valiant books that I've liked. Um I I tend to like the 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 more independent publishers uh the, granted they're kind of like what you were saying earlier how there's specific writers that you'll follow for marvel that's what i'll do uh like i love donny cates I, I love his take on the stuff in the marvel universe he always it's like he takes a, a character and just makes it really fucking metal <laughs> like, like what he did with uh the cosmic ghost rider storyline was really awesome his his uh storyline that he did with thanos that that actually introduced Cosmic Ghost Rider for the first time was great. His Death of the Inhumans arc was really really good. I loved what he did with Venom and with Thor. Uh, I, I and um, I need to get caught up on it. But his start on the the Hulk was really really great. Where it was like, did you read that one? The new Donny Cates Hulk book? No, I, I have not read. I think the only thing I've read of his was um, like an issue or two of that. Was it Bla- not Black Knight event, but that that event that he had like a year or so ago? Oh, King in Black. Yeah, King in Black. Okay, yeah, with with Null, the the god of symbiotes. Yeah, symbiotes. <laughs> 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 um, uh oh, what is your take on this fucking crazy shit going on with WB, uh, writing off Batgirl? As a fucking like, just throwing Batgirl in the garbage and being like, "It's a tax write-off." <laughs> it's fucking wild, yeah. dude. It's yeah. I don't. I'm I I'm like I'm conflicted because I understand from like they're like you know billions or millions or I forget how much it is, but they have like so they're in so much debt after buying WB. Uh, I'm honestly more bothered with their whole concept of like male skewed towards the dub towards HBO Max and female skewed towards the Discovery Plus apps. Like, I I just I don't think fandoms are male skewed. So, like. I definitely feel like there is an argument to be made that a lot more female view. There's a lot more female viewers for reality shows, maybe, and that's kind of like what Discovery does more. But I don't know. I just that was really weird. I was like, I hadn't heard that bit of it. Yeah, I'll send you the image. Kova had sent me it, and I showed it. I saw it a couple of times on um uh, on uh, Twitter, Uh, but it was like during uh, like their presentation. Uh, but because yeah, the in, uh, in my opinion, HBO Max was like one of the strongest. Like my it, wife oh, and I yeah. have had the the conversation a few times where we've looked at everything we pay for for streaming, and we're like, what would we get rid of? And and when she suggested HBO Max as one of them, I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, we can't get rid of that. We can't get rid of HBO Max. That that's too good. There's too many. That's like. So many of their original series are fucking fantastic. And and plus, it's like that's where there, there's a fair amount of the, you know, the DC comic book 
type shit that I can I can go watch and plus the new season of Harley Quinn just dropped <laughs> and it's like I don't want to get rid of this but now hearing all these reports it's really fucking troubling that that these people at the top aren't looking at it and realizing that hey this is one of the gems out there granted they don't have the best platform I feel like it does the little spinning wheel more times than anything else that I stream and watch. And so, you know, I'm, it's like, oh, yeah. HBO Max going to HBO Max, but. I just, I don't, I don't think, I'm just glad they're not changing the app again. Like, um, like when they were like changing the DC, whatever the DC app was at the time and everything. And oh, DC universe. Uh, yeah. That, that was yeah, hot like, garbage. Yeah, so like I'm glad like they came back with HBO Max and like it's now the I feel it's the best um, interface for streaming right now, and so I'm just glad that it's right now staying as HBO Max. But yeah, at the same time, like I can understand business wise what they're trying to do, but the fact that they can't, um, I just don't I don't understand why they and Netflix also are laying off so much animation departments because I feel like that's easy cash because kids watch cartoons if they're good or bad. So <laughs> cartoons... That's, as a parent, I can verify that is true. <laughs> right? And, and cartoons <laughs> automatically means you can create toys. And doesn't that create a new revenue line for you? So I don't understand why they would be Netflix too. I don't know why they're canning all of their animation departments. So uh, from Netflix, maybe it's because they're partnering up with Sony, but I don't really know what. Um, I guess like probably maybe the, I, yeah, I don't know what their plans are, but it's just it's weird right now. I'm kind of like I was really really mad when the the, the news first came out, but now I'm just like, what are you gonna do? And it's just. I don't know. It's it's not the WB that we remember, but they also said tax write-offs for Swamp Thing. So I'm just like, do we believe what they're saying about tax write-offs? Like, I just it's just weird. Um. Okay, so I'm blanking on their their CEO's name, Zaslaw or something, or Zasloff <laughs> or something. Yeah, there was some yeah. meeting where he was pointedly asked about Batgirl, and he said something along the lines of look, we're not going to release anything that we don't believe in. So basically he's saying, look, this movie was trash and, and we're not going to release it. We're not, we're not going to be the next laughing stock like Sony was with Morbius. And that, that really says something right there. And, and also I, I saw some uh, test audience quotes from like test audience people who said that it felt like a, like a crappy superhero TV show. Mm. And so it's like, wow, is this going to come out looking like like something from the CW? Now, granted, when those CW superhero shows first came out, I was on board. Like, I fucking loved them. Like, I, I was on, I think The Flash was still on its first season. Or no, maybe the second season had just started when I got on board. So Arrow was, had already been on for two seasons and The Flash had just started. And that's when I jumped on watching and, and I loved those first two seasons of arrow, you know, as that, I loved the first two seasons of the flash too, but it was like all those shows as they went on, just got worse and worse. And I guess the flash just announced its last season, which is like what season nine or some shit like that. 
Yeah. I can only imagine how fucking terrible it is these days. Because, man, when I, when I threw the towel in on it, it was unwatchable. Yeah, I gave up after a lot. I think I only... the Whenever the last crossover was, I think at that point I was only watching Black Lightning and Legends. And then I just watched whatever was going on with the crossover event, and then I just stopped. And then I did not watch the final season of Legends, and then they got canceled, <laughs> even though See, I The Flash gets a final season. I wasn't impressed with Legends at all. I didn't even like the first season of it. There was like moments oh, when, I, when yeah. I was like this is okay and then other mo- and then by the time the the season ended i was like i don't like this i'm not going to continue watching it no the first season's horrible it's the second season on where it's <laughs> fantastic because That's ironic. they because they get um they just realize we're like they don't know what they want to do with this story so they're just having fun with it and it's it's just a it's just a really fun time uh i'm 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 actually it makes me kind of like want to rewatch it, knowing that a final season isn't coming, just to see how it did end. Because it was a lot. It it really was a lot of fun. Uh, f- uh, from like season two to I don't know, season five or six, but no, uh, huh. yeah, there was definitely a lot of fun. Just it's just, it's just a lot. You just gotta remember it's fun, not turn your brain off. Just like you know, they're traveling through time, so every episode they're in history doing something. Um, and so they're with like, you know, real people and things. I think at one episode they're with the young George Lucas and a young Steven Spielberg, uh, and stuff. So like, they just really have fun with God, like the I think nerd I saw culture that episode. Yeah, exactly. I'm pretty sure I saw that one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, what did you think of agents of shield when that was on? Was that something you watched? I was a huge shield fan. I loved <laughs> agents of shield. I'm in the minority where I was like, yes, it does get better and it's worth it. <laughs> There was something that triggered in the back of my brain where I was like, I'm going to drop the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. question as a barometer. <laughs> yeah, because it does get better. <laughs> Shut up, Brian. <laughs> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was one of those shows where I was so in as a as a and, you know, when it first started and then as it got went on, I just lost more and more interest. And I I thought the. I watched the part of maybe it was season three where they had Ghost Rider. Yeah. And I thought that that was fantastic. I loved that. And I was watching it live as it was happening. And then when the Ghost Rider part kind of wrapped, I just never went back to it and then never, ever went back to it. How many seasons did it end up going? Six or seven. No shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. went six or seven seasons? They thought they were only going with five. They thought they were getting canceled, but they got really popular, so ABC renewed them. So they were like, all right, hold on. Instead of the normal 24 episodes or whatever, give us two seasons of 13 each. So the last two seasons essentially equal the final season. Well, at least uh, they're reasonable lengths. And that was the other thing that made that show hard was because they were like, 20 some episode seasons yeah but they figured but the good thing about that is by the time they get to season i know it's funny but like season one is just it's just like episode after episode they don't know what they're doing until like the last couple and it's like okay this is getting interesting um and that's actually when i started watching i didn't start watching until like the final couple episodes of season one i was like wow this is really good and i'm wildly confused so i need to figure this out (laughs) uh but so, like, for me, I was just like, man, some of these episodes suck, but, like, 
they started answering a lot of questions because I, I saw the fi- the finale of season one. Uh, but then season two is like one main storyline, I feel. But then seasons three and on, they have what's called these are are these pods, or it might even it might even start at the end of season two, where it's like every like seven or eight episodes is a new story arc. That's a really good idea. Maybe I should yeah. go back and give those a, a a shot, just as something to have on in the background. And if it hooks me, then it did its job. And if it does, if it doesn't, then it's just something that's on in the background. I always say start with the first episode so you can understand who all the characters are. And then, um, you know, spoiler alert, uh, uh, what, um, May and Ward, these two characters get together. Uh, they start hooking up and then you can jump to episode like 12 or 14, whatever the train episode is. And Are then we talk about season one still. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. You're still, but you're still, but you're dropping like 10 episodes. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of remember the plot from season one and then season two, season two is kind of the one where it's dealing with the fallout around the same time as like the events in winter soldier. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and then, that's right. and then season two also has a lot to do with the inhumans. If I'm remembering correctly, because that's where Daisy has her whole arc with doesn't Kyle McLaughlin play her dad in a, in a string of episodes. If that's season two, then yeah, then, then yeah. season two's yeah. Oh man, that's See, so, look how so well I remember this show I watched years yeah. ago that I say I don't like. Uh, <laughs> he was so great in that role. He was like their TV because he was uh, like the Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde of the Marvel universe. Yeah, he was. He he definitely had a weird character going. Uh, and it was a real character from the comics too. Like that was the best part. The uh, the series always like because I would I would follow up after Buzz TV News or whatever. They had their own series, like you know recap series or whatever. And I always listened to them for Agents of Shield, and like they had these one or two like comic nerds on it. And like every almost like eighty five ninety percent of these like side characters or villains were all like character ins- or comic inspired. So uh, it's definitely there. But um, after a certain while, it's not part of the, the sacred timeline, as you can call it. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, there, there's just a lot of great ca- – for me, I love it because of the characters. It's not because of the events. It's just because of like there's so many certain characters that I just love uh, – like you know, you got Fitzsimmons, uh, Coulson, of course. You know he's back. He's he he survived, or he went to Tahiti and came back uh, alive after the the death and the Avengers and everything. But uh, even some side characters, they're just they're really I feel just well done, well performed. So, but you gotta be into that you know that type of like procedural stuff. But by the time you get to like the end of season two, it's no longer procedural, and you've gotta you gotta fi- you gotta know what's going on. But each season they're in something's different. Something's new. So is Clark Gregg in it the whole way through? Clark Gregg is yes. Huh? Nice God, Yeah. You you do have me intrigued enough. I'm kind of (laughs) legitimately considering it (laughs) Yeah. because that is one of my blind spots. Even if it doesn't connect to the MCU, all of the, the ABC TV stuff for Marvel just kind of flew right past me. I, I didn't finish agents of shield. I didn't watch any of agent Carter and I'd never watched the inhumans either. 
You, you don't need to watch the Inhumans. That's <laughs> that's fine. Agent Carter's fun if you're you know, um, it, it, it's I, it's definitely a bit wonky, but I it, love it, Haley it's Atwell fun. and yeah. um, uh, what's the what's the guy's name that plays Howard Stark in that? Oh, Dominic Cooper. Dominic Cooper. I love him as well. Oh, yeah. I really liked him recently in that movie, The Princess. I thought he was a really, really great villain in that. The I feel like I know what you're talking about. I can't. The Joey King what... movie. Oh, I did not see that one. No shit. Oh, you should yeah. watch that. You, you'll probably like it. I've, I've been such a hit or miss with Joey King. I kept it off the list. <laughs> did you watch Bullet Train yet? No, not she's yet. in that. Okay, but she's but like a lot of people are in that movie. Oh um, yeah, it's got a stacked but, cast. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've been a big fan of Joey King. I think like she started in like Fargo or the the TV series maybe or something. Um, uh, another blind spot. I've never watched any of the Fargo TV series, and I've heard oh, that I've heard it's great. So it's amazing. I love the series so much. I'm a huge Noah Hawley fan. Yeah, I loved his work on Legion. I thought that, but what a minute. I only watched the first season of Legion. Did that? Go, I saw the first two. I three? need to see. Yeah, it went three. I need to watch the third season too, as well. But, I thought that first season yeah. was fucking epic. It was so good. It's one of those things I go back to a lot. And also, that's where I thought saw Amber Midcloud. I think that's her name for the first time, and she's the the main character in Prey that I think came out today on Hulu. Oh, is that? I thought that was her. I'm like, is that what's her face from uh from Legion? I'm like, okay, cool. I haven't I haven't seen that yet. I've only seen them uh because we're, we're we're talking Prey. Bullet Train and um, 13 Lives this week. Uh, and I, I've only seen 13 Lives so far. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I was able to go yeah. see Bullet Train on Tuesday at a, a special advanced screening. Uh, how, how is it? Because there's so much mixed reviews. Don't give me too much. No, I'll, I'll give you a total spoiler-free review. Um, uh, I fucking loved it. <laughs> I, I thought it was a lot of fun. And I read those reviews also going in when, when I went and saw it, I think it had like a 57% on Rotten Tomatoes. And so yeah. it, it was rotten and the, the, I didn't read full reviews on it. I just read the little blurbs and the ones that were, you know, the little splat. <laughs> I was like, okay, these people are saying that this movie's reaching for heights that it's failing to achieve. And so I go into this movie, not really having any expectations and it was a packed theater. And also, I, I took uh, Aiden with me, and it was the first rated R movie that he's ever gone and seen in the cinema. And so that was okay. kind of a, a fun father-son experience to have with him as well. And then my crowd was just very reactive to the movie. It has a lot of really funny parts in it. The action in it is really great. I felt like for a two-hour movie, it really had legs, and it moved right along at a good clip. Uh, I, 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 I enjoyed it a lot. And it's okay. it's one where I've been sitting and thinking, God damn, I'm, I want to go see that again. <laughs> and but the other movie that I've been thinking that about is B.J. Novak's movie Vengeance. I keep going back to that in my in my mind, going, Shit, I want to go see that again. I need to see that. That yeah, we uh, we were contemplating to do that or um, uh, the League of Super Pets, and we we went with League of Super Pets. <laughs> Dude, Vengeance was very very good. Uh, that's a movie that's it's the the writing in it is just superb in the way that it delivers these messages that it's delivered in a very meta way. Since in the movie, he's creating a podcast series that's 
digging into this investigation while you're watching a movie about him digging into this investigation to make a podcast series. And so it just becomes very meta. And it's one of those things to where I just keep sitting and finding myself thinking about at odd times, different messages from that movie and, and just the way that he wrote it and the way that as he is like coming to find out who this character is, you know, at the same time that the audience is. And so by the time it's later in the movie where more is revealed, you're endeared to this character in the same way that he was. Whereas at the beginning of the movie, you didn't even really know who this character was just like he did. And so the, the writing of the movie just did such a good job of, of putting the, 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 the viewer in that same seat as the main character. And even though the main character is very unrelatable in, in my opinion, just cause you know, it's some dude who lives in New York city. who's really into hookup culture. That's about as far away as from my experience yeah. as you're going to get. But I found myself really resonating with his character throughout the movie. And, and that's what good writing does. You know, it, it can make you empathize and, 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 and be in these characters shoes and dude vengeance. I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of 2020, if we're in 2022 now, if at the end of the year, uh, Vengeance ends up being on my list of like one of the best, if not the best movie I watched this year. Okay. Uh, Cause so far the movie, the other movie it's contending with is Top Gun Maverick. And so then it becomes this weird comparison of spectacle versus a purely good script and amazing performances versus spectacle. No, not to say that Top Gun Maverick didn't have a good script and didn't have good performances, but it, you know, comparing this small movie Vengeance to this big tentpole movie Top Gun Maverick, you really are just putting pitting like a performances and cast against a spectacle. So I don't know. I'm still weighing it out in my mind. <laughs> I mean, you know me. I mean, I, I'm always I'm always for the big spectacle, but I'm always up for those deep story breakdowns. I think the last time my uh shazam was probably my favorite movie of the year when we're talking about like spectacle i guess you could say um and before that was like mad max otherwise my favorites of the year are always um you know you know movie for like character breakdowns or uh or like what dan from heroes of noise likes to say uh movies that you want to kill yourself to uh (laughs) those are the ones that i fucking hate I know. Oh my god! What was it? Brian made me watch one of those recently for Pop Culture <laughs> Leftovers. Don't make me go. Oh, great! That movie, movie fucking so broke good. me, dude. I mean, that was that's the movie Dan had to watch with us. My my wife kept coming in and checking on me while I'm watching. It. She's like, "How's it?" Because I would like, you know, I mean, I my wife is my best friend. I talk to her about everything, yeah. and and. So as, you know, when I get lists, I'll show them to her and be like, oh, this I'm looking forward to. This is going to be rough. And so she knew I wasn't looking forward to that one. And she's coming in. She's like, how's it going? I'm like, literally at one point I said out loud, I'm not falling for this fucking movie. I know it's trying to manipulate me into being all like connecting with these characters. And then ultimately it's going to break me and make me cry later. I'm not falling in the trap. I know the trap's there. I know it's there and I'm going to walk around it. And then she came back later and I'm just like head in my hands, like full on, like sobbing. And I'm like, this movie's so beautiful and so sad. (laughs) The messages, the messages. Uh, I was not ready for that moment of personal growth. Right. And then the (laughs) twists and then, oh man. Uh, Yeah, that's so, so yeah. I mean, if, if you're 
I'm not into those movies, so I don't even want to say if you're into those movies, go see this. I'm just going to say, go watch this movie and just be ready to have a human experience. So when do you take your son to one of those movies? Oh, shit. I don't know if I could get him. There's certain movies that that Aiden is just not into. Mm. (laughs) um, Oh, my gosh. So at the beginning of Bullet Train, there was like a handful of scary movie trailers that played. And one of them was for The Invitation. Which I am a sucker for for vampire stories. Oh, okay, I don't know what that is. That a YA adaptation or something? I don't think I don't. No, it's definitely not a YA adaptation. But just watching the trailer for the Invitation, pretty yeah. sure it's a vampire movie. I haven't done any reading <laughs> online or anything, but just watching the trailer, it really looks like it's a vampire movie. Like this, it's about this woman who gets a in the trailer. She gets a like a you know, one of those like 23 and me type tests and then finds out she has family. And then she gets contacted by this like distant cousin who she meets up with and he invites her to this wedding. And then she goes to the wedding and it's at this big mansion. And like, there's this, you know, creepy hot guy there that she seems to be interested in. And there's all this weird ritualistic shit happening. And it looks like the, it, the trailer makes it seem like she's the bride and this creepy dude that she's interested in is is going to be the guy that she's going to have to marry. And okay. I think he's a vampire and the whole family is or some shit like that. Because it looked yeah. like there's some stuff with them drinking blood and stuff like that. I, I could be wrong. Maybe it's not a vampire movie. Maybe I'm just kind of putting my own expectations on this. Like I said, I haven't read into it at all. But that played. And I looked at Aiden and he looked at me and he goes, I'm not going to be seeing that one with you. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying, we've been trying to get him to watch the first Scream movie. My wife and I have been trying to get him to watch this. You know my history and my feelings on scary movies, right? And I feel like. Scream's a great movie to start with, I think. Dude, I went and saw that one in the theater when it first came out. And I went into it knowing I'd never even seen a trailer. It was just my mom and my sister were going to see it. And they were like, oh, we're going to go see Scream. It looks awesome. I'm like, I know nothing about it, but sure, I'll go to the movies with you guys. And it blew me away. I loved it. And um, so, yeah, we've been trying to get Aiden to watch it. And my wife is super into scary movies. And I feel like you guys, <laughs> with me doing your Conjuring episodes, it was the first steps in helping me get over my reluctance to watch scary movies. And so I have an easier time watching them now. And I actually set up an email reminder for myself so that the the cinema will email me when tickets for the invitation come because I, I kind of want to see that in the theater. Um, That's funny. Have you seen the trailer for Barbarian? No, I I'm kind of thinking about seeing that one too, and that one looks hella fucking freaky. I know, no, um, yeah, I have no idea what that one is. Oh my god. Okay, so yeah, this is just the Joe describes trailers section of the podcast. So in the trailer for Barbarian, yeah, this 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 girl shows up at this like it's like an Airbnb that she's gonna be renting finds this dude played by Bill Skarsgård already there. And he's like, Hey, why don't you just come in, you know, for the night? This is a a crappy neighborhood. We'll get, we'll call the guy in the morning. We'll get this all squared away. You can, you can take the bedroom. It has a lock on the door. So she like takes a picture of his ID, goes to bed with the door locked and then wakes up in the middle of the night to the sound of the door opening and then footsteps running away. And then it just shows her like walking around the house, looking for this guy wandering into the basement, finding a hidden door in the wall opening it with this creepy ass fucking set of stairs descending down into darkness and a voice screaming for help. 
And then the trailer <laughs> continues to get scarier and scarier from there. And I'm like watching this thing like, what the fuck? <laughs> like This looks so fucking freaky. But I think I might have to go see that in the theater. And it is so fucking wild that I have that opinion now that this movie looks scary as shit. I, I want to go see it. And and I think you've helped with that a little bit. I, well, I pre, well, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm trying like that. That that's awesome. Uh, I can't believe it was The Conjuring that got you to do it out of all the movies. <laughs> but hey, I, I was the same way for a long time. Like you know, I had seen Scream and everything, but I just thought all all horror movies were like slasher movies, and I'm like, well, they're not all Scream, so I'm not wasting my time with them. But then yeah, after like, I want to say Gone Girl, seeing that movie, I was like, oh my god, and then. Yeah, you just came on those couple of weeks where we were doing the conjuring. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny too, dude, because I don't. And my wife always, Lindsay always shakes her head at me when I bring up the conjuring and talk. And she goes, "Honestly, that movie is not scary." <laughs> She's yeah. like, "I don't know why you keep going around saying this movie's scary." <laughs> it's like I don't give a shit. That I, I will always be freaked out by that where the little girl's like the knocking game and she goes and opens that wardrobe and tells her little sister, see, there's nothing there. And then all of a sudden there's a very real, very physical, like scary ghost thing on top of the armoire that like drops down on her and starts choking her. Like that's fucking terrifying. Oh, you know, what's, what's, um, what's better, uh, but subtitles it's Juon origins. On Netflix, it's it's essentially the origin of um, The Grudge. No, fuck that. As stupid as it is, the movie The Grudge fucking scarred me. <laughs> I'm not watching oh, that shit. Well, please. the American version, I don't know about. Uh, but the the it was based off of a Japanese version, Juon, that was like early, uh, I guess, uh, 2000s or 2010 or something like that. But... Yeah, 2020, they had the series come out for, like, the origin of the original Grudge or whatever. And it's, like, six episodes, I think. But, man. Oh, no, it's a series? That means there's even more of it. Fuck. Well, it's only one season. Dude, to this day, I can't move the little trapdoor thing to go up into my attic without thinking of that, like, little ghost boy with the scary, like, noise he makes when that fucking worker goes up into the attic. Yeah. Dude, every time I go up in my attic, I go up and I'm like, you, you know, you stand up on the, on the stepladder and you poke your head through the hole and I got my little fucking headlamp on. And I'm like, here we go. Got to do the 360 turn. Oh, man. you. I don't like it. I think of it every time I have a super active <laughs> imagination. The grudge fucked me up. I... <laughs> Well, this series up, is, is fantastic. So if you want to get some real fucked up shit, check out Juon Origins. What's some of the fucked up shit that happens? I, um, honestly, it's just more of like the, like the house is just cursed and it's just like the closet and like you're going through all these different – like it's this house. So you're going through all these different eras of these families going through the grudge and shit. And then, of course, it'll be connected at one point towards the end. But, um, I mean, it's been – I honestly just – I have to give it a revisit but because it's been – I watched it, I think, like a week or two after it was released. But uh, I just remember being so freaky. <laughs> See, and at the time that I saw that movie, The Grudge, that's when I was doing window tinning. And so <sighs> I did I did commercial residential automotive. Yeah. And so I don't know if you know much about window tinning, 
But if you're getting your house window tinted, you've probably got a lot of fucking money because it is right. not cheap. And so the majority of these places that I'd be going in to do window tinting would be like, you know, these multi-million dollar houses. And you'd be going in them during the day when maybe nobody was home. And this uh, this scary movie comes out where it's like, you can just be a service guy. You get called in to fix the AC in this house and all of a sudden the ghost here is like, nope, you're, fuck you, you're dead. I'm going to follow you and kill you in a parkade later. Maybe, maybe I'll make fingers come out of your, your hair while you're in the shower. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fucking creepy shit like that. You know, maybe you'll look at a window and there'll be like an eyeball staring at you. No, no, no. It, oh, fuck. And also at the time I had an apartment that had a mysterious black stain on the ceiling. Fuck that. <laughs> I didn't like it. There was too much shit that was coincidental and I have an active imagination. <laughs> okay, fine. Well, then um, have you have you seen The Thing? The original, like, John Carpenter movie from the 80s? Yeah. Not in years and years and years. That, that's on the list of, like... Because I'm thinking about trying to introduce him to scary movies through movies from the 80s instead. Yeah. And so that's one that's, of the ones where I was like, fuck, maybe I can get him to watch The Thing. That, I was about to say, that's a good movie, I think, for your son, because it's more of, like, a thriller. And it's more of, like, a thinker. Because you're like, wait a second... What's going on with that dog? <laughs> well, and I can usually get my kids on board if I tell them it's an 80s movie. Like they, uh, they're they kind of a – like the amount of times that, that my – damn, he's about to be – he's about to be 12. My soon-to-be 12-year-old, Liam, the amount of times that he's said to me like, all the best stuff came out when you were a kid. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I really appreciate you thinking that way. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Uh, I feel like – Last night I showed them the original trailer for Predator. They watched that for the first time and they're like, they're like, he has heat vision. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, do you want to watch this with me? And they're like, yeah, probably. And I'm like, okay. Nah. <laughs> so I'll get him. I'll get him to watch it sometime. Yeah. I feel like eighties or, uh, you got the thing, you got, uh, the Terminator and, uh, alien. I mean, I know alien is 79, but, those three are really good. Like those to me are not even like horror movies. Those are like what I would call thrillers because there's a couple of jump scenes, but most of the time you're just like yeah. heart palpitations just at the edge of your seat going, don't, no, don't go in there. Don't go. There's an alien in there. <laughs> <laughs> I know that first alien movie is so good. And then yeah. it, it, it's amazing how that first movie, the Ridley Scott one is just this perfect, you know, thriller, scary movie. And then the second one, James Cameron one is just this awesome action, you know, fighting aliens in space movie, but they did make huge differences in the alien between the first one. It was like nearly unkillable. And in the second one, it's like, they're just smoking these things at will, but well, there's still, so many super fun. We need to figure out. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm, I'm yeah, definitely it's... more of like, I, I think I'm a big fan of James Cameron, but, um, What's it called? I'm a big fan of – I'm much a bigger fan of the original Terminator and Alien for some reason. Like, you're right. When he comes in with those sequels, they're like – they're not horrors anymore. They're like action adventure in a way. <laughs> yeah, because Terminator 2 is is an action adventure, which personally I think it's way better than the first one. I think the first one's good and it has its place. But, man, oh, I've seen T2 one. way more times than than the first one. Oh man, that's crazy! I it's think, I think the first one was the first rated R movie I saw when I was like a little little kid. I can't I can't stand uh, young John. Uh, what's his name? John Connor, right? Oh, Edward Furlong. Yeah, I can't. 
I can't stand him as a kid or whatever. Like, I know that's how kids are and everything. But, like, even as a kid, I was like, this kid's annoying. Oh, he's such a great child actor in that, though. He fucking crushed it. <laughs> I know. As an adult, like, yeah, he's really good. But, like, as a kid, I was like, fuck this guy. <laughs> God damn. I used to watch that on VHS just over and over when I was a kid. Uh, my neighbor, Mike, who lived across the street, he just had an excellent movie collection. And, you know, he was better than Blockbuster. <laughs> and so T2 was one of those ones that he would loan me all the time. I think I never saw T1 until I was an adult, but I think I saw T2 like at a friend's house for like, you know, like fl- flipping channels. But yeah, I thought it was so cool with the kid on his motorcycle or whatever that was, but motocross bike. But every time he spoke, I was like, God, kill this kid. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I saw the first one when I think I was five. So like oh, wow. it, it would have been like so did Kova. right when it came out on on like HBO or Cinemax. It was when I would have seen it because I, I remember my parents watching it at home. And I remember it in a house that so maybe I was six. We moved out of the house before I turned seven. So I was pretty fucking young when I saw it. But I remember my mom renting the Nightmare Nightmare on Elm Street movies and me just flat out refusing. Like, I'm not even going near the house <laughs> while those things are playing. I I just, I've never liked scary movies, but um, yeah, dude, I don't know. If I go and see Barbarian in the theater, that'll mark a turning point in my life. <laughs> I think for me, my first like scary movie I saw in theaters at like as an adult, that was like, fine, let's do this was Don't Breathe. Um, with uh, oh, Stephen yeah, Lang. yeah. yeah. I haven't seen that one, but I remember the trailers for it. They like yeah. break into the guy's house. Yeah. And, and it's, it's like, a blind guy that has like super hearing. He's like, you can't get out now, suckers. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. I, oh, man. The sequel. I never saw the sequel. Kova said it was horrible. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it's funny how you're saying that you saw Terminator when you were five and Kova saw the Terminator when he was five, excuse me, when he was five as well. So maybe that's why he's so deranged and you're so scared of horror movies. <laughs> no, I think it's just because I have a very active imagination. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> like that stuff just spring. Like, and it's stupid too, because, you know, I, I'm, I'm wise enough to generally know the difference between rational and irrational fears. And man, irrational fears can still get the better of you sometimes, you know? Oh, it took me a long ass time. Like, like going for like a hike in the woods at night. It's an irrational fear thinking I might get killed by Bigfoot. (laughs) That's irrational. You know, thinking like, oh, I might twist an ankle and fall down this ravine and nobody will find me for several hours. That's a rational fear. Carry a whistle. (laughs) (laughs) Problem solved. <laughs> exactly. Bigfoot, very unlikely. Small percentage, small slice of pie. <laughs> oh, it man. didn't stop me from full-on freaking out about it on a night hike one time, though. I was just tripping out on the idea, like, what What if I discover Bigfoot's real in the process of him murdering me? <laughs> They'll never believe you now. <laughs> <laughs> like, that would be terrible. Me just walking along, be like, you don't need to worry about this. That's an irrational fear. And all of a sudden, it's like, shit. (laughs) He is fucking real. 
What people don't realize is he is at Palisades Kepler Park. <laughs> what people don't realize is he's his big feet allow him to cover big distance. Man can run fast. <laughs> it's all about the stride. <laughs> oh man. He covers five feet of every one step I take. <laughs> I can tell I've been listening to too much Bill Burr. It came out in the way. So that's, it's in his stride. <laughs> I love, uh, I don't, I don't watch a lot of a uh, standup comedy, but F is for family is one of my favorite series in the past like decade. I keep returning to that series. Oh, I need to get caught on up Netflix. on it. I only watched the first season, but I really enjoyed it. Oh, it's so, it, it just, it's <laughs> so good from beginning to end. Uh, they keep the one of the running jokes uh, throughout the series is this one kid that is the bully of the series, Jimmy Fitzsimmons. Every but whenever whenever people are like kids or anybody in general gets in trouble and they run away, like what's your name? They all say Jimmy Fitzsimmons. <laughs> so like the entire town. <laughs> and so finally, when he gets in trouble, they're like, "What's your name?" He goes, "Jimmy Fitzsimmons." They're like, "Stop lying! That's not your name." And he's like, "Yes, it is." <laughs> oh, that's spectacular. But yeah, it's so good. And it's done too. It's complete series, like all like the full stories told. But oh man, it's so good. I I always go back and every like 6 months or so, I'll rewatch the series. It's it's so much fun. <laughs> I've seen the clip online where the kids like He's in his parents' room, and then they're coming in, so he hides under the bed, and then they fight, and then they end up having makeup sex on the bed right over him. Oh, that's one of the... <laughs> and he's yeah. in, like, the fetal position being scarred for life. <laughs> that's that's Bill. That's him as a kid. Because <laughs> it's Bill Murphy, you know? Like, that's his name in the show. So, like, like this is... I, I, I'm, I'm guessing this is supposed to be, like, a take on his life. <laughs> Well, I think I saw the clip because somebody played it for him on a podcast and then was asking him about it. And he said that the dad in F is for Family is an amalgamation of all the 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 writer's dads. Like okay. every crazy story from their dad in the 70s that one of the writers in the room had, they incorporated in somehow. Oh, so, that's great. <laughs> but he said that, like, the, the catchphrase character of, you know, I'm going to put you through that fucking wall. He said that his dad, <laughs> that was his dad's catchphrase. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> like, Jesus. <laughs> and what he was like, he was like, I changed it because the way his father in the cartoon says it never made any sense. So I'm going to put you through the wall. <laughs> and that makes sense because I'm going to do it. <laughs> So I was born in 80, and so I, fe I felt like there was, you know, like a threat of violence, but like, I, I don't feel like I got like hit or whipped on that much. I know there's probably definitely times, there's definitely times that I got like spanked with my dad's belt or something like that. But like, I think the threat of it was, was far more common than, than it actually happening. My family was a uh, spanking family, but only up to a certain age, because then it's just ridiculous. You just scold them. It's much better uh to scold at that point but yeah uh, i think my dad one time like picked me up and not threw me in the wall but it was just like what the fuck or whatever because like i had convinced our my friends 
that we could leave their house if we just left a voicemail on their answering machine, like, hey, we went out, we'll be back, or whatever. <laughs> we, like, walked around town. The parents came back, had to call the other parents, like, we can't find the kids and everything, and, like, the cops were searching for us. So when my dad finally found oh, me... Oh, no. He was like, what the fuck? And, like, from what I, I don't know if he actually threw me into the wall, but he might have just, like, pushed me into the wall, because I was already leaning on it anyway. But he was furious. <laughs> And the cops were, like, talking down to me, so I was giving him lip because I didn't like that at all. He was like, motherfucker, I was looking for you. And I was like, <laughs> we left the message. <laughs> I, I got yelled at more than anything. Yeah. To the point where then when I became a dad and my boys got old enough to cause trouble, my default when I would get stressed out would be to yell at them. And then I would sit and think about it. And I'd be like, God damn it, dude. You fucking yelled at him. You hated getting yelled at when you were a kid. And now, like, I started, like, really taking a step back and looking at it from, like, a generational point of view. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, I'm teaching my kids to yell at their kids someday. And so I fucking recognize that behavior and fucking cut it out. And then for a little while, it, it isn't like I had this epiphany and then all of a sudden I turned into fucking Mr. Rogers. Like, I still had moments where I would fuck up, but when I would catch myself, like, freaking out, I would just stop in the middle of it, and then I would just be like, all right, let's let's all sit down. And then me and the kids would just sit down, and I'd be like, I'm yelling, because when I was your age, when I would fuck up, I would get yelled at. And so this is just daddy's default setting, but we can change that. <laughs> and, I, and, I'm, and I recognize that me yelling at you isn't going to make you do anything. It's just making us live in a loud house that is doing some sort of emotional scarring on you by, by me yelling all the time. And, and we can fucking stop that shit right now. And so I feel like now when I look back over like the last, you know, kind of couple of years or so, since I've really been diligent about it, I feel like it's been a, a long ass time since I've like flipped out and yelled at my kids. Um, it's gotta be so interesting. Like when that first started though, cause they're like, are we in trouble still? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny. It's like it's it's kind of like a, a, a like a maybe a, a like a hippie dippy take on parenting no, or something no, like that. But, but it's like, like it's like I don't care. I'm I'm already giving my kids like a, a different life than what they had in that ever since this covid shit happened, they've been homeschooled. And mm. and so they've been getting homeschooled since fucking spring of 2020. And so it's like they've already diverted off and like I don't know. It's I talk to no, them. I, think, I talk I to them a lot funny. about my yeah. I try and like tell them a lot about like what like the real world is really like. And and you know, I, I I'm trying to do a good job of preparing them for this is what it's gonna be like. <laughs> you know, it's 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 not yeah. all it's not all fun and games. This is you know, yada yada. But to me it's it's really important to let them be kids for as long as they can because it's like you reach a certain age and just that lifetime or that life of zero responsibility goes away. And I don't think it probably comes back until you're fucking old and in a retirement home. You know, you, you, there just comes a point where as you get older and older, more and more responsibility creeps into your life. And before you know it, you're a full on fucking adult with a mortgage paying taxes. And maybe you got a family that you're providing for also. 
and those carefree days of of youth are are totally gone and so i want them to be able to be kids when they can be kids you said your um liam is 12 how um the how old's the oldest uh aiden is 14 he's gonna be 15 in january and yeah liam's gonna turn 12 in just a couple weeks okay so you're about to get to uh permit (laughs) oh my god oh well and aiden's aiden's he's like six foot tall so he's super oh, tall wow. for a 14 year old and he's been, so he's been riding in the front seat. If it's just me and the kids in the car, like Aiden will ride in the front seat. And so I spend a lot of time talking about driving and, and like driving laws and rules of the road and stuff when I'm with him to just kind of drill it into his head. But there's a part of me that is terrified about that kid <laughs> getting a permit because sometimes that kid's head is not where his hands are. <laughs> the thought of him being mm. behind a wheel scares the shit out of me sometimes. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, you got to do it sometime. But there's there's some things that he does where it's just so Aiden. And I have to remind myself that, yes, as grown up as he is in some ways. Because I can have, like, you know, pretty good conversations with that kid. And yeah. With, but, you know, in other ways, it's still very much, oh, yes, he is still a 14-year-old that has grown up in a small town and does not know much about the world yet. Um, so the thought of him being behind a wheel scares the shit out of me. Then we got him the, the book to study for for his birthday last year, and then he promptly lost it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, all right, buddy, you better figure out some sort of way to study for this. <laughs> I don't is, know what the hell a, you did with your book. Does the school offer like driver's ed class? Oh, oh, that's, wait, that's, you said homeschool. I'm well, sorry. yeah, they're homeschooled I, now. I, so I, I mean, uh, yeah. but I, I don't, I don't know if they specifically have to do a driver's ed or not, because they, well, I mean, they keep I, changing I just, things which yeah. are around. So I don't know. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, I guess. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I'm. And and this is something I need to look into for him since he is at that age now where he can get it is you would think that they would have some sort of thing online where it'd be like a, you know, like mock quizzes or, or study material or something like that. So I need to look into it for him at some time, but yeah, I don't think he's in a big hurry to get behind the wheel. Mm. Well, um, what, are, what are you thinking? Um, is he thinking of college at all or? Whew, I have no idea. I, yeah, I okay. don't, I don't. I, yeah. <laughs> See, and whenever we talk about college and stuff with them, because I have a degree in graphic design that cost yeah. me thousands of dollars that, I mean, I kind of use in, in the, the, the job that I have, but not as like, I'm not a professional graphic artist or anything like that. Um, in the, in the, the field that I'm in, it's like, I certainly don't need a graphic design degree to do it. And so for, for me, it's like, I think college, I think you're going to get out of it what you put into it, both while you're there and then afterwards. And so I think if you're a savvy, motivated individual, maybe college is a good idea for you. But I think that there's so many other options out there for people that aren't as wild, widely discussed that won't put you in crippling amounts of debt. Um, for instance, if if you can learn how to code and you can just get a bunch of different certifications you don't even really need a degree to do that sort of work because the certi- certifications are more important than the degree. And so do you want to put yourself 
you know, tens of thousands of dollars in debt to get a degree in programming? Or do you want to just learn how to code and then pay significantly less to get these certifications and then still be just as qualified to do the job? So I always tell them to try and find something that they're passionate about because then work isn't going to feel so much like work if they're doing something that they truly love. And they're both really creative. They love doing like making videos and coming up with storylines and stuff like that. And so I always tell them like, you guys should seriously learn how to code and then you can make your own video games. And maybe that's something that you could do someday. Or if not, you know, Hey, you you just pick up another hobby. Hell, I should learn how to fucking code. <laughs> you should try to um, get them into the uh, the computer games where they can, um, like, with, like, Grand Theft Auto, where you can be, like, the Hulk if you code it correctly. <laughs> yeah, that would probably be fun. Yeah. Oh, my God, Liam's already obsessed with Grand Theft Auto. <sighs> yeah, you get on the computer, you're able to, like, do all the coding and everything and you can just like i think someone i saw a video where someone was able to make their character um uh what's his face from the boys homelander yeah i saw that too it looked incredible i I know when i saw that i the first thing i did was talk to liam i'm like what do you know about mods for gta 5 yeah i'm like do you have to be playing this like on a computer because i think you'd have to be playing on a computer for those mods to work right like you couldn't make that work on an xbox no, no, I think it's only on computer on PC. That's what I thought too. Yeah. Um, because at one point Liam asked me to mod out his character, and so I did some research online and figured out, oh, okay, if I just plug a thumb drive into the back of his Xbox, save the f- game to that, and then I get this other program on my computer, I can then pump up all the stats on that character that's on the the thumb drive, and then plug it back into the Xbox, and now he's got like two billion dollars and you know, full stats on everything. So he was pretty stoked about that. But I was like, I don't think I can do these other crazy mods, you know, like bring yeah. other characters into the game and, st- and stuff like that. Yeah. I think that stuff is only computer stuff. Cause then you have to get really deep into the files of the game itself. And I think you can only access that through like your computer software without like fucking up the game because you're then playing off of your hard drive and not a CD ROM. Okay. So I think that's why, but yeah, I I I I don't know much more than you. I feel, but yeah, get him into the computer stuff. Start him off with mods, and then from there he's coding. <laughs> that's the thought. I'm I got into really basic coding. Um, that's funny because it really it was Q basic. <laughs> but yeah, I got into basic coding when I was uh, yeah probably around Aiden's age. That was when we got our first home computer. And, and I had some friends that knew how to program in basic. And so I had them teach me, you know, some of the, the, you know, beginning code type stuff. And so I could write little codes, but nothing ever big. And then my buddy, Mike, the, the one that I would borrow all the movies and stuff from that lived across the street from me, he knew how to program in C plus plus, and he could write some really, really awesome, comprehensive shit. Uh, but I never, I could never understand any of that. But I think C or or whatever it language came about after that one is is still being used. But it's always fascinated me learning to code. But it feels it feels like it's one of those things like learning an instrument, you know, that really it's yeah. you're gonna have to do it in your free time and you're gonna have to practice, practice, practice. 
<laughs> to yeah, get good at a, it. It's a calculator. It's only as good as the person using it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah. It's crazy. Like, like just like talking about like with like college and everything, just like with the past 10 years, like where trade schools are like coming back into play, but just not your normal quote unquote trade schools, which they are coming back into play. But like, yeah, like coding is now a big deal and everything else. So it, it is crazy of just how, you know, you don't you don't have to rush out to the college anymore like you used to because even even offices and works that like you know jobs they're looking for experience. You know how do you have that right out of college if you didn't have a job? Oh yeah, well, and that was where me trying to find a job in graphic design, you know, totally shit the bed. Was that every place around here that was hiring wanted like a bachelor's degree and three to five years of experience. And it was like, there was just no entry level jobs. And this was after the, the dot com bubble burst. And so for me, it, 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 it kind of put a sour taste in my mouth where I was like, well, at the end of the day, I, I kind of just spent like several thousand dollars on, on a piece of paper that I don't know how much it's actually helping me with anything. Yeah. Um, but had I been more motivated and it, what if like being a graphic designer, a graphic artist would have truly been my dream and nothing was going to fucking stop me, Steve. <laughs> you know, I, I'd have moved to Chicago where I would have had more options to look for jobs and I would have beat down doors and I'd have chased it and I'd have gotten maybe even starting with an internship somewhere. You know, I would have made it happen, but th- that wasn't me. I was... I had no interest in moving to a big city and doing anything like that. I was, I, I was, I was, you know, I, I had by that time I had met Lindsay. And so it was, no, I got this girl around here. I really like, I'm not going anywhere. And, and, and now, you know, in my forties, I feel like stuff's worked out. I got a house I can provide for my family. You know, I'm not a multi, not fucking independently wealthy by any stretch. That would be great. Yeah, but like it doesn't sound like time's wasted for you. No, no, you know, it, yeah. it isn't like I'm fucking you know living in a box, questioning where everything went wrong. <laughs> Do you feel like because you know it's funny where like everybody all the time is like you know uh, like even I remember even as a kid, but even now when I hear it in TV or just in in life in general, like you know savor your youth or whatever, it goes by fast. And I'm like you know I, I I'm only 34 and everything, but like at the same time I'm like. You know, 34 years to me feels like a long time. I don't feel like I just got here, but maybe that's just because I, to me, I feel like I've done a lot or maybe not a lot to what people think is a lot, but like I've had to what I feel is a fulfilled life already. So like it doesn't, there is no blink and you miss it. Like, yeah, it's been, you know, fifth, almost 15 years since I graduated high school now, but at the same time, it's like. Well, yeah, but it's been it feels like 15 years at the same time. Like you just haven't thought about it as much. So like, wow, 15 years went by pretty fast. But I don't know. Did it really? Because when you think about it, so much in the past 15 years has occurred since I graduated high school. So like, you know, it's funny, like some things are are always the same and some things aren't. But I don't know. Like, do you feel like you're just like all of a sudden, bam, you're 40 years old? I mean, yeah, kind of. <laughs> really? Damn it. Why is it just me? I'm so to, weird. To me, to me the, the, the saying, the days drag by and the years fly by, is, is I, find, I think that there's a lot of truth in that. Wow, okay. That, yeah, all of a sudden I look back and I'm like, holy shit. 
Yeah, dude, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be 42 in mid October. Like that's fucking crazy to me. I remember being a child and and going to my my mom's older sister's 40th birthday party and just thinking, wow, that seems so incredibly old. But now that that I'm 41, like I don't. I mean, I feel old in that, like, like right now I've got this, I, I pulled a muscle in my left fucking arm yesterday, just trying to kill a fucking wasp with a racquetball racket. And now my fucking arm hurts. Like, like that sort of shit is what makes me feel my age. But like in my mind, and I don't know if, <laughs> I mean, I know I've definitely grown and matured since I was a high schooler, because I think if I were to go back and have a conversation with like Joe from 1997, I would probably be pretty fucking disgusted with myself and want to slap the shit out of my younger self. Mm-hmm. But no, me too. But I don't really feel that much older. Like I feel like I've definitely gotten more experience in life, and the more life experience I've gotten, I feel like it's mellowed me out. Like I'm, I'm but, a lot uh, more introspective as an adult than I was as as a kid. But doesn't that experience though feel earned? Like, doesn't it feel like that's what made you hit the 42? I guess that's why for me, like, I guess all of like what you're saying is the experience of just going through things. Like, does that that feels like it's been 34 years? Like, I, well, for me, for me, up, I say know? it so, goes by fast because when you do that nine to five grind, the yeah. 40 hour work week, you know, working the you know, whether it's blue collar or you're in an office or, or whatever you're doing, if you're doing that 40 hour a week grind Monday through Friday, and you're just getting through the week so you can have those two days of freedom over the weekend. Now, all of a sudden, it's like if you look at the span of a year, you're just looking forward to what would that be like a, a hundred and it'd be a hundred and four days out of the year yeah. that you're legitimately looking forward to and the rest of it's just a fucking grind and then getting home being exhausted and going to sleep and trying to not think about it and then getting up and doing it all over again and just realizing you're one day closer to those two days of fucking blissful freedom i think that's what makes time overall fly by <laughs> mm. is is you spend so much time just leapfrogging from weekend to weekend where you can actually, you know, be free and have a full day to yourself. Uh, I, I think that sometimes that can have something to do with it. I think, do you remember back when you were a kid? Did it feel like now, like reach back clear back to like, like elementary school. Did it feel like summer breaks were timeless? Like they just lasted forever. But then by the time you got in high school, it felt like a summer break was a blink and you miss it. And it's just over and you're back to school again, starting the next school year. Yeah, in a way, but at the same time, I didn't really understand the concept of time. Well, and I think that that's what it boils down to, is that when yeah. you're a child and your life is completely carefree and there's no real schedule you have to follow. You got parents that kind of wrangle you and get you into things. And then as you get older, maybe you get a wristwatch or these days you get a phone. It's got a clock on it and people start telling you. You know, you're expected to be places and it, the older you get, it's like the more complex your schedule gets, the the greater understanding you get of time, or at least the greater understanding of, <laughs> of the fact that time is going to rule your day. And, and maybe that's what makes it fly by is that you just understand it so much better. So it goes by so quickly. But I, I, I think yeah. the looking forward to breaks in the future 
is it definitely for me has something to do with it. You know, so then I guess, well, my other question then I guess relates to this then maybe and another reason then would you, um, would you do everything over again? Well, the way you did it. See, and, okay. So here's the fun conversation that, that I, the, the, the conversation with myself that I have with that ever since having kids, it's like, I couldn't do anything different and risk not having them because yeah. that, I mean, they, they're, my kids are awesome. <laughs> like I, I love my kids so much and dude, I still remember what that was like because when, when Aiden was born, Lindsay was running just a little bit of a fever. And so as a precaution, the hospital immediately took Aiden and put him in the NICU when he was born. And so Lindsay gave birth to him on the first floor of the hospital. NICU was on the second. And so I had to go up on the elevator after Aiden was born all by myself. And this was at like the wee early morning hours. It might've been like two in the morning or some shit like that. And I remember going up in the elevator all by myself, going into the little suite in the NICU and him just being, you know, just this tiny little perfect person. He was born with a full head of very dark yeah. hair. And I remember he was in a little onesie with like a little baseball on it. And they had an IV in this one hand. So it was all taped up with medical tape. So it was like a boxing glove on the one hand. And I remember sitting in the rocking chair and the nurse handing him to me and just looking at him and just being like, you know, I'm this, this little perfect tiny helpless human being is completely dependent upon me and and Lindsay to provide for him and and make sure he has everything he needs and to and to take care of him and is it's it is a very very life changing moment when that happens you know and then him just kind of looking up at me and me just kind of looking down at him and realizing that my life had forever changed and then it's like the older they get the more interesting they get yeah <laughs> you know it's, and I, I, and so I, I can't, I don't know, I, I can't imagine not well, having say, them. And so I, I, and so I wouldn't want to change anything, but I remember when I, like when I first got into rock climbing and cause I had spent my whole life being fat. And then all of a sudden in my thirties, I got really, really fit. And so then I'd have that thought of, God damn, if I could go back in time, go find teenage Joe and be like, drive out to pictured rocks you know, until you meet like Troy and Pat <laughs> and, and like, they will teach you how to climb and then you can be, you know, actually fit through your teen years and your twenties. And then it's like, well, then what would it be like? Then would you just turn into some fucking climbing dirt bag that just lives in a van and just drives around the country climbing everywhere. It sounds like it'd be a fucking amazing life, but then I would have never met Lindsay. I would have never had Aiden and Liam. It's like, that's untenable. I, I, and, and so I'm Lindsay, sure it's been covered Lindsay's in fiction plenty of times, but it sounds like a nice story. It sounds like a wild story, you know? Yeah. So Lindsay's not your high school sweetheart. Uh, well, um, no, no. Okay. No, for some reason I, I feel the, like, did you know her since high school? So I feel like, I don't know why, for some reason I thought you guys were sweethearts. Maybe <laughs> well, I'm wrong. I, I met her right after high school. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. And, but I mean, I've, I've been with her for Oh geez, twenty years now. <laughs> so <laughs> it's been it's been almost half of my life that that I've been with her, and so yeah, that it's it's kind of weird to try and imagine anybody else. 
<laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, it's very true. But like, I mean, we've been like, together so long, we just have this shorthand where we can kind of look at each other and communicate without words. <laughs> I mean, uh, I guess then, like, if you know you're going, you'll have your wife and kids, would you be, would you do, because I don't know, like, for me, I love what I've done for the past, you know, 34 years, 35, you know, so oh. it's like. You know, okay, I, I, I probably wouldn't change anything that I've done. And like, you know, I like, like I would definitely want to still meet my wife and everything, but you know, I don't have kids or anything of that like magnitude, but like, you know, I guess like just for me, like knowing what I know now, I don't think I could change what I've done. I, you know, I've, you know, I've enjoyed my life. Like, you know, maybe I would definitely, I guess the one thing I would want to do is just tell myself to say, cause there was a while like I've grown up with movies my entire life, but then once I like, you know, understood what girls were, I kind of like put that to the side a little bit. And I wish that when I entered college, I could that I wish I had told myself that like journalism is a thing you could do or something like that, because I think I would have done that. But like otherwise, I feel like there's nothing I would have not done again or something, you know, when I'm thinking of just uh, like with you are with the rock climbing uh, you know, there's not much I think I would do differently knowing myself and who I am. You know what I mean? So it's like, so I know that I would meet my wife still and everything else because I just feel like I don't think there's anything I would do differently really besides, you know, the journalism thing then. But like I don't think I'd I'd, have, I'd actually I'd ever go to Hollywood or anything. That doesn't really feel like something like me. Maybe if they're under the right circumstances but at the same time, you know, Again, yeah, you know, is my wife involved with that? But I feel like just like there's not really one moment in my life that I think would I would go back and like change that would drastically change things. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because really, if I think about it, even if I go back and look at things that you would say, oh, in hindsight, I'd change that. And it's like, OK, well, then you wouldn't have learned that lesson from that. And so it's it is one of those hypotheticals because right? yeah. it, at what point of changing something do you drastically then change you know that there's a butterfly effect that drastically changes who you are now and suddenly you're not the same person anymore it's weird it's weird when you think about those variables <laughs> you know what 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 variants of spoiler steve are out there and, and what are they like you know yeah I'm, oh god there's some wild ones out there from what i've done i can only imagine what what worse shit could have happened like i feel like i'm on like a decent path but i mean i was i was failing algebra my ninth grade before i moved to florida when i was living in new jersey and my high school did not transfer my grades to my high school in new jersey so they just gave me all b's for my oh. first semester of ninth grade. And I was like, okay, cool. Because New Jersey, the semester ends like a month after than Florida. So they were like, all right, they're not responding or whatever. We're just going to give you all Bs. I mean, it was Florida. Maybe they didn't even care. But <laughs> um, And then they threw me in all honors classes. And I was like, no, 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 oh. no, no. I am not, I am not honors. Like, and in New Jersey, honors is like, college level like kids like parents wanting you to go to college and being like you know top of your class and everything and i'm just like i just want to i just want to get by sort of thing and they're like all right 
and then by the time I was done with like English regular that my ninth grade, I was like, please put me in honors next year. I can't do this. I can't do this. It's the, 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 the classes were so bad. I was like, I need to be put in honors. You're not teaching me anything in these regular classes. The educational system from New Jersey to Florida was so drastic. I couldn't believe it, but yeah. Oh, yikes. Um, can you think of like an, a most embarrassing version of yourself that you would go back and slap the shit out of and change? Yeah. And it's a, it's, it's more of just a moment of like, um, I don't really want to get too much into it, but yeah, there's like one moment. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not trying to ask you to embarrass yourself. <laughs> it's not even that embarrassing. It's just more of this like thing of just like, essentially I was put into this ice tank and uh, there was so, like, you know, and, um, you know, you weren't forced in it. But like, you know, when you go in there, you got to do something and then jump out. And I was so freaked out. I just couldn't do it. Were you in the fucking but, Weapon X program? What the fuck? <laughs> but like at the same time, when the test came back again, it was like, OK, I can do this. But it was just like one of those moments where it was just like, I don't know. It, that's the thing. I don't really want to get into it too much. But it was it was nothing crazy or anything like that with what you're saying. But it was just like, I don't know. It was just like one of those moments where I thought I was properly uh, prepared and my I mentally wasn't. And looking back on it, I know I was. And I just freaked out for that one moment that I didn't need to. Um and yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's like the one major thing I think in my life. I feel when I was like, you know, uh, I was like, well, I was like twenty twenty one, and there was just, uh, yeah, I don't really want to get into it that much. But see, I, I was more thinking yeah. like I'd go back in time and make it so that I never had frosted tips. <laughs> No, I never didn't. See, that was all, that was all me. You know what or I like, mean? Like, like, like when I was in high school, like the, the, the peak of my existence was having the loudest subwoofer stereo system in my car. Oh, my God. It would rattle hilarious. windows. And now, like, when I think back on that, like, that is such, like, hey, look at me behavior that it makes me cringe. And so it's like, oh, God damn, that used to be what I was all about, though. And it just now as an adult looking back on that behavior that I did as a teenager, it's just like, oh, God, what was, the, what was fucking wrong with you? <laughs> but at the, same, at the same time, I secretly love that shit. Like, I'm oh, still, no, you know, I, like, I was listening I'm, to that. Like, I was listening to that Charlie that. New X, XCX song that's in Bodies, Bodies, Bodies that's in the trailer. The beat for it is so fucking crunchy and rad. I was like, God, I wish I had my old subsystem. Yeah, back. <laughs> like, like for me, like you know, I know what you're saying, but like those, like those shitty moments or those cringy moments. I'm just like, I love that shit. Like it's just, uh, like, I don't know why. But like the the nostalgic factor of it all. But like, yeah, I guess you know, for me, it, like was, I guess it's just more of like a, I guess a, more of like a, a a serious thing or whatever. You know, like well, uh, well, now as an adult though, if I think about like. Like, okay, let, let's get subwoofers in the fort, in the fusion. And it's like, no, it'll just rattle it apart and take up valuable storage space for family vacations. <laughs> yeah, you got you to figure out, you got to get that Bose system. No, Don't worry about the subwoofer. the Bose system. Don't worry about the sub. Do you even hear yourself? <laughs> Dude, Bose is the subwoofer. Bose is no, so good. No, I know good. Bose is the shit. 
I love my my dad loves bows, so I can't I can't do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> uh dude, when when uh when I first got into rock climbing, I like looked at all the gear I had from different hobbies throughout the years and like monetized all of it and turned it all into climbing gear. And so my my subwoofer, amplifier, capacitor, that whole setup was all sold on Craigslist to some dude on the southwest side of Cedar Rapids. And then I think I went out and bought my first set of quick draws with that. <laughs> what, what, what was it that you sold? It was a pair of subwoofers and a oh, uh, okay. and a, a, a amplifier and a capacitor. The, 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 the amplifier the was whole, strong yeah. enough and drew enough juice that you wanted a capacitor in line before it. Otherwise, it put an undue strain on your alternator and your lights would dim at light at night every time a, the bass would hit your headlights would dim <laughs> that's funny dude i had the most rad system in a an old uh uh 83 uh mustang and then i then i had it in a 80 uh 88 honda accord and then put it in a saturn and so the first two were hatchbacks and god damn they sounded good or no the accord wasn't a hatchback but I remember when I put it in that Saturn. Oh my God! It was just rattling that Saturn apart. See, so, so your fusion will be fine. <laughs> no, I, no, that car cost me three hundred dollars a month. <laughs> I'm not fucking destroying it. I'm treating that thing like it's fucking gold. <laughs> no, I, I, I. And that's the other lesson I learned through cars was you know, cars will last as as long as you know you treat them well. Yeah. And and when I was a kid, I was I was way too reckless with how I would drive them. Oh my god, the amount of e-brakes that I pulled in that in both the Mustang and that Accord. Did you uh did you ever drive stick? Uh I never owned a car that was a stick, but I knew how to drive them. Uh, uh my... when when I was in high school, I delivered pizza and the the vehicle I would drive for them was like a little S10 5-speed, and that thing was so much fun to drive. Oh yeah. Oh man, the little the little truck, right? Yeah, a little Chevy, yeah, truck? A little, a little oh, Chevy mini truck. I used to love those trucks. They're so Dude, they, it was, they'd be the it low was riders. brand new. It was funny too because I came back one day and I remember the when I first got the job working at the pizza shop, it was working for these uh, this lesbian couple who was really really nice and they were really nice to me. And then after they sold the place, they sold it to. Um, uh, to family. So then it was this husband and wife that owned it. And they, they were an interesting couple. <laughs> they were really weird. I don't know this for a fact, but, but I always got the strong vibe from them that they, that they were, they were members of that upside down pineapple community. If you know what I mean? Swingers. <laughs> because I just remember one day, like filling up veggies and stuff for stock. And, and the dude turns to me, he's like, you know, if I came home and found Jody fucking another guy, I don't think I'd get mad. Becky like, wouldn't? He goes, no, I'd just get the camcorder. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> like, I, number one, I can't believe you're telling this story to a 16-year-old. Number two, what the fuck? <laughs> Sounds like an invitation, man. Sounds like a porno <laughs> waiting to happen. fucking wild. But I remember one day I, I took a delivery with that truck, and it was brand new. And he's like, were you beating that truck around on the gravel roads? And I was like, no. He's like, oh, you should. It's so much fun. <laughs> I'm like, all right. <laughs> so then that truck got really fun to drive. <laughs> oh man, I had my my second car because I was I was the kid that 
wanted to grow up immediately. So I've, I had a job like since I was like 14, 15 years old. And by the time I was 18, my dad uh, co-signed with me for a car and uh, it was stick. Because uh, I couldn't, I, I I destroyed the the station wagon he gave me because he got a new car, and I I just destroyed the station wagon because I just wanted a manual car because Fast and the Furious baby, and I got my Cobalt SS uh, supercharger, and man, I destroyed that clutch in like ten thousand miles, and it was really really bad. And, I had to get, <laughs> and like my dad grew up with clutch, and he always drove stick, so he was like. You could easily have gone 100,000 miles with that clutch. You know that, right? And I'm like, yeah. Just burning it out. <laughs> I destroyed it. I destroyed that clutch. Uh, that makes like, a, a I, really fun smell in in the vehicle when oh you're burning God, the clutch, yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> right. And like the and then like and I was like, ah, whatever. Like I did that a couple times. But all of a sudden, like the way like it sticks and like it won't go. You've like kicked the gas, and I'm like, oh my God, I did something to my car. But that's like you screwed the clutch. <laughs> 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 he's like i told you i told you like all right all right and of course i had a job so i had to pay for it it cost like fifteen hundred dollars after everything was said and done yeah uh, <laughs> did you learn the lesson then yeah, of course the car nicer oh my god i never had a real savings account until i got married let me tell you that oh oh same yeah it's it's kind of sad i've i've always i've always been far like i've gotten much better with money as an adult but man, when I was a kid, like, yeah, I, I money would burn a hole in my pocket. I'd oh, spend money on the dumbest fucking things, dude. I have a blow dart gun and a pair of throwing knives in my garage that I bought <laughs> when I was like in my early twenties or l- late teens. It had to have been late teens. But why? Why was I training to be Batman? Like, why do I fucking? <laughs> why do I have these things? Yeah, I. Oh man, I had just over the years. It just wasn't. Once I realized, because my dad's like, I'm not paying this for you. You can get it yourself. Well, how do I get money? You need to get a job. Okay. And then once I realized that my middle school provided paperwork, legal paperwork for my parents to sign, if you're 14, you can get a job. I was like, hello. <laughs> I was like, give me a job. Give me money. Because the, the, the allowance from your parents sucks. Like, I don't care who you are. Your allowance <laughs> from your parents sucks. You can't get anything from that. And, oh, man, I, de- I definitely stole money from my mom's purse a couple of times because I didn't realize that she, like, left cash in her there sometimes. And we, were, uh, <laughs> we were we were going we, – we were in the mall together, and I bought, like, three booze or something. And my dad's like, where'd you get all this money to buy this stuff? I'm like, what are you talking about? And then they found out because <laughs> they, they knew. They were waiting because they were like, my, my mom's not an idiot. She's like – People, she's like, 20s are missing from my oh, wallet. <laughs> like, what the fuck? And my dad's like, well, you're, it's got to be one of the kids. So, like, a week or two later, of course, I'm, we're at the mall, and I come out with a bag with all these movies. <laughs> and my dad's like, come here. We can sketch. I'm like, what? <laughs> Jeez, I, I would have oh, stole, like, man. you know, change and stuff from my folks to go hit up the arcade at the pizza place. But, like, no, not... Not, not I was an not idiot. Twenties. Oh my <laughs> god. Too paper. Uh, I was like, look at this. They won't know. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Yeah, my, my job pretty much when I was a kid was just riding around town and picking up cans and then going and returning them up at the store. Oh my god. And then usually turning that into like little Debbie's and Crystal Clear Pepsi. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, the, the, the second I realized what money was, I didn't understand the value of it, but the second I understood what money was, I had to get a job because my dad's like, no, what do you want's ridiculous. <laughs> what was your first job? I worked at a toy store at a as a salesman. Oh no shit, as a kid you worked in a toy store? Yeah. Uh, That's got to be the most amazing old, job yeah. a kid can have. Well, it was like it was like your mom and pop toy store. So it was like um a lot of like, you know, like remember what, like I mean, uh, you got like 10 years on me or 8 years you were you were born 80, so you got 8 years on me. But you remember like those like castle toys that they'd have with like different dragons and like castles and stuff and like um you know, just a lot of like collectible toys. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, I remember collectible toys, like all that stuff. Like that was like it was it was almost like a halfway in between of like educational stuff as well as like you know they didn't sell Beanie Babies, but they could have. It was like one of those type of like mom and pop toy stores. Yeah, we had that like Ertl really close to us. Do you remember Ertl? No, we no. See, I they know did, and they did like farm equipment type toys. Where it'd be like a, a die casting that looks exactly like this 1968 John Deere tractor. Oh, yeah. And no, they'd have no. like an assload of those. Or the ones that I had that I really loved was I had a an F-14 Tomcat and an F-15 Eagle that were die cast like Ertl toys. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm talking more of like... Um, they were like collectible toys, though. Yeah, know? I'm talking... Yeah, I'm talking like those like... um, Like those... Pl- like uh, those plastic almost like die cast what you're saying but like um it's like every couple of months you get these new different toys that can go with these sets and stuff and like it's almost like american girl dolls but for men oh I guess, okay sure toys or whatever but like you know all these different like little like collectible toys and stuff or whatever but they had that they had all these the game boards board games but i had gotten that job because my parents grounded me for the summer when i left that message on my friend's messaging machine and we left for the 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 (laughs) night or whatever i was grounded for that summer so i had to get a job to get out of the house (laughs) that's awesome when when i was younger i was hanging out with my buddy jeremy who he was see jeremy was a senior when i was a freshman and yeah, I started hanging out with them be, or staying hanging out with him because I think we both listened to both listened to metal and we both played Magic the Gathering. And so I, I started hanging out with him and he was a lot of fun to hang out with. And he had a job in Cedar Rapids at the mall that was like on the far side of Cedar Rapids. And so it was probably like a good, I don't know, it'd probably take like a good 25, 30 minutes to get there from my small town. And so like without telling my mom and dad where I was going, I just told Jeremy, yeah, I'll just go to work with you and just hang out in the mall. And then when you get off work, that's when I'll just go home. And I did not think about how long eight hours at the mall with almost no money in your pocket was really going to be like. (laughs) And so at one point I called my cousins who lived in Cedar Rapids. They lived not that far away from the mall and they were just like a year or two older than me. And I was like, hey, come hang out at the mall. And so they came and hung out with me for a while. And then my mom all of a sudden was like talking to to somebody in the family. And they were like, oh, yeah, the girls just went and hung out with Joe at Westdale Mall. And my mom's like, what? (laughs) And so then all of a sudden I get paged by the mall to go to the Great American Cookie Company. And I go there and Jeremy's like, dude, your mom's been calling and she's super pissed. (laughs) I got in a lot of fucking trouble for that. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Oh, dude. 
a lot of trouble for that. <laughs> that was when I first picked up uh, the a copy of The Hobbit. No, I was so bored that I went and got The Hobbit and was sitting and reading that. Oh, like a Borders or something? It was at a, I think it was at a Walden. It was either, oh, Walden, Walden, it was yeah. either Walden or B. Dalton. Because I, I think there was both of those bookstores in that mall at the time. How old were you when this happened? Two, uh, I was probably 14. 14 or okay. 15. Fucking, fucking oh, Aiden's age. I can't imagine him doing something like that. <laughs> When I think of the shit that I got up to and the amount of mischief and stuff that I got in, like at the age that my kids are right now, I'm just like, God damn, in a way, in a way they're leading sheltered, boring lives. But it's like, well, they're very safe. <laughs> Every generation is just more sheltered. Was, the shit my was, grandparents went through. There's no way I would go through any of that. And like so on. And so you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. But like the generational gaps have like just have just shrunk i feel between because now with like technology and everything everything is just sped up to a point dude my grandpa was born in missouri and like traveled to iowa like legitimately in like a wagon being pulled by like donkeys or something yeah like like in 1886 that that tv show it's so i mean it when you think about generational changes it is wild um, one of the cha- one of the generational changes that I really hope for is that it, it just an increased empathy in people. I, I really hope that we're getting closer to a time when there's not going to be as much conflict in the world. I, I just feel like all of this Russia Ukraine conflict being so front and center, it's like I feel like people in the world is have just got to be sick of this sort of shit, right? Like, why have we stopped Russia very... at this point? It's just like we this happened a hundred years ago. Stop them. <laughs> <laughs> well, they they have the world's largest nuclear arsenal, so it, it gets dicey. Uh, well, and also, first, well, and yeah, I know, I know, I know. It, it's it's much harder than that. I get it, but Han Solo made it seem so easy. <laughs> if only the writing of George Lucas could save every yeah. situation. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> we need the high ground now. I loved that Philip brought up last week um, George Lu- or Harrison Ford saying to George Lucas, look, you can write this shit, but people can't say it. <laughs> That's fucking brilliant. <clears throat> oh, my God. Um, oh, shit. So, yeah, we should probably talk about Saga. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was going, b- b- right before Saga. While we're talking about the the real life uh, scenarios and everything, have you been watching the Orville? No, that's one that I've heard's really good, but I've never seen a single episode of. Oh, it's so good. What's it on? Don't. It's on Hulu. The oh, first episode is very is very. Oh, it'll be on Disney Plus, I think, soon, because the season finale just ended. So because it's Hulu and Disney, it's the same. So it'll be on Disney Plus, I believe, late, either later this month or less next month, but. Um, I'll send you my Hulu information if you need it. Um, no, nah, I got Hulu. Uh, uh, I got a premium Hulu, son. Nice. Same. Uh, what's that, it called? That was yeah. one of the ones on the chopping block, though. <laughs> but then, I, I, but dude, then new me, shit keeps coming out that I watch on it. <laughs> if it wasn't for their new movies, I I probably wouldn't be month to month with Hulu. Yeah. Well, and we had it with ads for a while, and it was just driving me nuts, like watching the same ads over and over again. And so I I, yeah. I feel like. Oh, I can't stand I, I, I ads. I fucking hate ads. I just, I, I like, I still pay for, I picked up YouTube premium back when Wayne was on 
and I haven't gotten rid of it because I can't go back to ads. Really? I can't. Like when the boys, when the boys watch YouTube on their switch, they don't have it signed into my YouTube. And so it ads play. And I'm like, I don't know how you guys can deal with this. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> like this is fucking. This is so terrible. Oh man, yeah. No, I had I had uh, YouTube Premium for a little bit, but then I I switched because I have YouTube TV live, but they don't. But for some reason, they they don't include premium. Like you still get ads on YouTube videos, which is yeah, ridiculous. that is weird. Um, my my brother in law has YouTube TV live, and so he was able to make us part of his family or whatever for that. So we have nice. access to that also. It only works for like the same county or so because I tried to do it for my sister in New York City and they were like, you're not in your home. <laughs> it's like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, luckily he doesn't live too far away. Yeah. Um, But my, my wife primarily listens to music on YouTube. And mm. so so when, whenever we have the what are we going to get rid of streaming wise talk, she's like, there's no way we're getting there's no way we're going back to ads on YouTube. <laughs> and I'm like, funny. I fully support that. <laughs> and also what's really cool is if you have youtube premium you can close the 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 screen on yeah. the app and and do different things yeah that that is a uh if you're on your phone a lot listening to it then yeah that is definitely a perk yeah yeah and i'm, I'm definitely on my phone a lot listening to it um and i find myself on youtube quite a bit these days too mm, okay um yeah I'll, what is it the Oh, pitch me! I went through a full run on pitch meeting and watched almost every one of those. I never saw that. What, is that <laughs> You've never uh, seen any of the pitch meetings? No. <laughs> I'll send you some good ones. Okay. So pitch meeting—it's—it's it's this dude doing like he's doing like the writer pitching the idea, and he's also doing the producer listening to it, and okay. they just kind of make fun of the movie. And and there's like little catchphrases and stuff that he says in almost every video, and it's really really fun. The videos are usually under five minutes. Okay, yeah, no, definitely. Check, I'll definitely check this out. But yeah, I'm rarely on YouTube unless I'm like looking for a trailer for the uh, for the show. <laughs> Have you seen the honest movie reviews? I yeah, I used to or honest movie trailers a lot. Yeah, yeah, I used to. Those like, ones are back funny in, like, too. Ten years ago, yeah, those are really good. <laughs> <laughs> then Screen Junkies got fucked like five, six years ago, and like it's been, it's been weird. What a golden age of internet ten years ago was. Like twenty twelve to twenty like fifteen was fantastic for podcast years. I feel, and oh, now yeah. it's just like Before everyone's ruined got by it. big money. <laughs> yeah, how dare the content creators we loved make money off their shit? It's unbelievable. <laughs> like Brian and Jake going legit. How dare they? That's so happy for them. That's so cool. I'm so jealous and happy at the same time. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I was just imagining how, <clears throat> but it would be really funny to just do ads on this show, and and it's like it's nothing for that you're actually getting paid for. It's just products that you look at and you're interested in, and so you just kind of oh. do an ad. <laughs> I was thinking about that for a point. I'm like, because I'd be like, what is this show brought by? And then it just got too much work to deal with. I'm like, pay me. You just like see something random in the store and you're like, man pads. I'm going to make a commercial. I'm going to make a radio commercial for this. Need a shit on the go? (laughs) Working hands cream for rough hands. (laughs) These aren't your ordinary diapers. (laughs) When my hands are chapped and fucked up, 
I reach for my working hands. <laughs> <laughs> These aren't your baby's diapers. <laughs> when my ass is leaking, I reach for my man pads. <laughs> it gets the job done and keeps my seat dry. <laughs> I don't know why that has to be the voice for the ad. But <laughs> <laughs> it works. <laughs> Uncle Pablo's spicy habanero chili. <laughs> okay, this is getting weird. <clears throat> I'm just I'm 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 out a few drinks in, so I'm just not on point. <laughs> I'm completely sober, so. <laughs> So there's that. <clears throat> I have to go operate a vehicle after this, so there is no drinking tonight for me. Oh, that's right. Are, are you driving tonight to C2E2? No, I'm going to drive tomorrow morning, but um, okay. But Lindsay and the boys are over at her brother's house, and so I just got to go pick them up when we're done recording. Oh, let's say the house to yourself get trash. <laughs> well, it's been kind of nice recording with the bedroom door open, so now it doesn't get near as hot in my room. Oh, nice. It's usually podcasting and like just sweating my ass off. I know I need to get it like a little fan. It's like the it's like the, you got to find a fan that's like completely silent, though. Hard to do. You um, uh, what's it called? Uh, I'll show you how to use the um the noise. There's you can oh, get no, a, I, know, uh... I know. I know about noise reduction, <laughs> but, yeah. but oh, if it's man. too much of a yeah, fan yeah. noise, it'll it'll affect the audio in other ways. <clears throat> yeah, you're right. Hey man, if it ta- if you want to be like you shouldn't be have to be sweating to record, you know what I mean? So it's just <laughs> it's, I think with me, I sweat when I think hard though. So ah, uh, there we are. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> but it is. What is it? Seven, you got good seventy-eight point one degrees in here right now. Mm. Yeah, so I'm probably around warm. the same. Dude, it has been so humid here this week. It's like the humidity came in. It is, you know, like 100% humidity. Yeah, it's gnarly. Yeah. You're, uh, I was actually just looking up because you keep saying Cedar Rapids. I'm like, where the hell is Cedar Rapids? And <laughs> <laughs> like, I know the states and everything, but I was like, oh, look at that. You're in the head of the chef. The head of the chef. <laughs> yeah, the guy in the middle of the country. <laughs> so like Minnesota is the chef hat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can see it. That's really funny. <laughs> In Missouri, near- Missouri is like our body. Yeah, you're like the, you're you're near the nose. That means our dick is in Arkansas, <laughs> and our, our feet are Louisiana, right? That's right. <laughs> I know geography. <laughs> I mean, the, Louisiana is the boot. It is a, kind of a little boot shape. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> The head. Yeah, I suppose Iowa would be right around, like, maybe just a little bit south of the eyeball region. Maybe is where Cedar Rapids would be. Oh, man. I'm trying to remember now when I had to, like, learn the states. <laughs> I was like, did I make it memo? Like, is that how I remembered it back <laughs> as a kid? Oh, the stacking order? That's funny. Yeah, you know what I mean? I'm like, the chef. Memo, was that his name? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta remember. How do you remember this shit? Yeah. <clears throat> you see all those memes like all the other people from all around the world naming states and i'm like i don't even know if i'm right I'm like where is ohio <laughs> well i remember the the phrase for remembering all the planets in the solar system uh 
Do you remember no, that one? No, I uh, the only thing I remember is the compass ne- never eats soggy waffles. <laughs> so, so when we were kids, and Pluto was still, you know, considered a regular planet, still it, is. Damn it, <laughs> it's a fucking dwarf planet, dude. When you look at the other bodies in in the Kuiper Belt, oh my god, you're on their side too. It is. It's a fucking dwarf planet. There's other bodies out there that are much larger than than uh, Pluto. Do you want to now have to memorize the names of all of those? There's like 200 other things that are around the same size. I mean, where are you going to draw the line? Come on, you're nostalgic for for a, 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 an icy, rocky body that's fucking several light years away. Whatever, man. That's where the the, the kids <laughs> in the magic school bus went, and Arthur like took his helmet <laughs> off and everything, froze his head and shit. So dark any, times. Anyway, it was my very energetic mother just served us nine pizzas. <laughs> So Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and then Pluto. I never learned that one. No, that yeah. Oh man, that is some OG shit. Oh my god, I was I was watching a commercial and they're like, I like to talk old school on the phone, and I'm like, excuse me. Because like you can talk or text or whatever, like to get help or whatever from their services, and they're like, "Well, I like to talk on the phone, like old school." And they're like, "Oh, we got that too." And I'm like, "The fuck did they just say?" <laughs> I love those like phonetic kind of memory tricks to remember stuff like that, though. Yeah, they're so handy. Do you know the one for the colors of the rainbow? No, Roy G. Biv. So red, orange, yellow. Green, blue, indigo, violet. That's the Indi- order of the color spectrum. Wow. Yeah. No, I, I did not look. Yeah. No. See, I, I didn't <laughs> like school that much. <laughs> A review of Starcast. It was nonsensical, but also kind of educational. They're into phonetics. <laughs> I remember all these useless trivia facts now. I didn't even remember. I forgot it was called phonetics until you said it. Now I can't get it out of my head. Phonetics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. We, we should probably get around to talking saga. All right. Fine, fine, fine. Uh, <laughs> we can so talk you're, saga you're com- and then land the ship. You're, uh, you're, so you're complete, right? You, you've read issue 60? I've read up through issue 60. Oh, my God. So, spoilers. This is your spoiler warning. <clears throat> for saga if you're not if you're not current on saga i'm talking issues one through 60 and you don't want to get spoiled on what is one of the best ongoing comics of all time then jump off now go check them out you're gonna love it it's such a good it, it saga has everything it's it's such a great story it's basically a family in in space that, that the parents each come from from a different side of a warring civilization and their their love is something that should have never happened and they had a child together and now this family is on the run and being pursued by both sides and trying to be destroyed but it's it's a very relevant story to it's it's almost kind of a slice of life of what you could get in regular life here but it's just set in this fantastical location so it's it's amazing it's it's by Brian K Vaughn art is by Fiona Staples Highly recommend you go check it out, but we are going to spoil the shit out of it now because we're going to talk about the newest story arc that just finished up in issues 55 through 60. So take it away, my friend. 
So, yeah. So I know I was pretty devastated. I think you were as well when Marco was taken out by the ward. Oh, I think, dude, issue 54, like, destroyed me. Like, I couldn't believe that it happened. Uh, I found myself getting, like, angry with a fictional character. And, like, actually, like, having conversations of, like, why did you have to have this streak of of fucking goodness in you? Why did the streak of goodness in you lead to your fucking demise? Like, oh, I, it is yeah. just so, so tragic. There's no other word for it. It was tragic. And it's all because Marco got, fell in love with the planet he was staring at. Because I, I just recently reread 54, and it's because of his magic. He creates the, the tip from the ward's hand or whatever. It's, uh, it's so tra- it's so tragic, but we've lost the treehouse now. And I'm even more devastated over that. Maybe yeah, it's because I was, I was right there with Hazel dude, where yeah. like, it broke me. I, I said out loud when I, you know, digitally turned that page, I went, Oh no. Like this has been with them since the first arc of the fucking story. I mean, this has been, this has been their constant throughout everything that they had, you know, this, this ship that came from the rocket forest was their home. I was definitely like, I was more pissed off over that than losing Marco. I feel, and maybe it's just because it's time is settled, but that's their home. And like, you know, it was just great because, you know, the uh, Hazel had barely, you know, cried or shed a tear for her father and just getting all those flashbacks in there and seeing her break down from that was, was just like you know great storytelling but my god so tragic and i i reread the the volume you know just to for the preparation of this now and i now realize i think they went back to that planet from the beginning of the volume where they kicked him off because they didn't have that badge or whatever yeah so and it's the same planet where the other um uh the that terrorist person blew up and they were searching for Hazel. So I think the same people that were looking for Hazel in the beginning of that volume when they left the planet, she never told her mom what happened. So it might be them that burnt down the house. Oh, shit. I hadn't even considered that. Yeah, because they're on that same planet because it's, it's those those uh, those Ghost Rider police people or whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, shit, I should have went back and reread the first couple issues again then. I didn't even realize. I was like, wait a second. Oh, that makes sense because they're on the same planet because, yeah, it's the same people. We're like, we're not paid enough to, to, you know, you're on your own then. Fine, you got your badge or whatever. But I was like, oh, those are the same people. So, yeah, I wonder if it's just, you know, because they're back on that planet. But Oh, dude, I was very worried also about seeing – Goose potentially being hunted by this special agent Gale. Yeah. <laughs> like protect Goose at all costs. <laughs> how could even the picture of him in his file? How could you look at that picture and be like, I'm going to go torture this guy for information and then, and then eventually murder him. It's like, you can't do that. And what was it? Was it, um, Oh no, Marco's mom survived, but barely, uh, Thanks to the little author's cult they have in the in the prison. Where did I miss that part? Do I have to go back and reread? Was he a pervert? Uh, yeah, apparently. I think that was. I don't know if it was something that had popped up in previous issues or not. But yeah, it definitely showed he was a freak in this one. 
Yeah, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Dude, so you can always count on Saga to have yeah. some sort of wild fucking sex stuff in it that's that's going to make you very it's going to make you raise an eyebrow. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> You're just like, wait a second, he was into kids now? I I'm confused. When did that all of a sudden occur? Uh, but yeah, and then you got the ward with uh, what's your face, Marco's ex, uh, getting down as well. Oh, oh yeah, uh, his his uh, skull. Oh, wasn't that terrible seeing Marco's skull being carried around? Yeah. God, it damn. And then and then when yeah, when his mom finds out, like I'm interesting to interested to see what's going to happen with that. What's going to uh, come of of his mom finding out? Marco's mom finding out that her son is dead. Is she going to do some sort of magic? And that's is, but no, because Gail was about to kill her, but still when he left, it made it seem like he's like, you know, there was breadcrumbs. I think there. she's fine. Well, I think she's fine for that. Cause he got, he got, I think he got the information he needed. Cause that's, cause then after it's after he talked to her is when we get that, the pictures of Gus and everything. Yeah. So I think she's fine, at least for now. But I mean, yeah, she knows that Marco is dead now because he definitely used that to bait her. Hmm. Man, this is, <clears throat> you know, after. So we get that issue 54 and the, the huge reveal of Marco's death. And then Saga went on hiatus for what, three years? I mean, it felt like three years. Yeah. Maybe it was um, two. It was a while. I want to say it was two years, but it definitely felt like a it was it was a long hiatus, and no, I think it was right before COVID hit. So yeah, I think it was a little extended because of that. But. Okay, maybe that could have been part of it too. Definitely. Um, so but I feel they're on like, break again until January. Yeah, it, well, and they did come right out and say also, hey, this isn't going to be as long a break as that last one. We're never going to do another break. Yeah. that long again from here to the end. So that's good to good to hear. But I feel like this arc was like the perfect perfect follow-up for the the preceding one you know this one was very bittersweet it's like okay our characters are they weren't completely broken by what happened to marco they're they're managing to make their way forward um you know the the family unit is still kind of clinging I, I i feel like this was a bittersweet arc it's like they're getting their feet back under them. They're starting to get up and do well. And then you get this reveal at the end of issue 60 with the the the, the rocket ship burning. And you're like, oh, no, like another fucking tragedy for them. And so, I mean, they, they're definitely doing a good job of keeping me invested in the story. It is kind of wild that they give us one arc and then go on a huge break again. But if that's what they need for her to keep up on the art, then that's fine. I, I'm I'm cool with looking at this like almost like a, a TV series where you're going to get, you know, an arc a year or something like that. That would, that's fine. As, as long as they just keep it regularly coming out, you know, then not another yeah. big multi-year break. Yeah. I'd rather deal with multiple six month breaks than just knowing that it'd be consecutive for January to June sort of thing. A hundred percent. Yeah. But yeah. And then, so I know this, this might be cliche or whatever, but, do you see Hazel and Prince Robot actually getting together in a few years? I mean, they might. You never know. You never know no. how they're how they're going to take that. And that's a, a character that I'm really worried about 
because I mean, really with both of those characters, they have the, uh, a shared trauma of they both lost fathers. They're yeah. both on the run and having to hide who they really are. And because of that, it, there's that constant fear for both of them. You know, is is Squire going to accidentally, you know, show colors on his screen? And so then anybody who knows anything about the robot kingdom will be like, oh, my God, that's a royal. That that kid, that, that isn't just some random robot kid. That's a royal. He's got, yeah. you know, a color TV screen face. And so he has to constantly hide that. Whereas Hazel, she can't hide her horns, but she always has to hide her wings. Yeah. And so it's oh, just man. a constant fear for both of those characters. The 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 storyline that I'm really interested that they laid bread bread comes from was and I feel terrible that I didn't memorize this character's name, but the 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 teddy bear the new looking guy. guy. Yeah. The, with the arm, right? Yeah, with like the robotic arm. Like what is yeah. his secret that this other ship captain that they were messing that that Alana got tangled up with? You know, what what secret was he holding over this guy? Had had he done something to kids in the past? Because it seemed like he was most worried about Alana finding out because Alana had trusted her children with him. Yeah. But by all all appearances, he was, you know, a, a great father figure for those kids. And he did right by them. So it's like he's clearly got a second chance of some sort and he was using it to good effect. And then his past came back to haunt him in a way that it was leveraged against him. And so he was forced to leave, you know, Alana's service to join this other dude who seems like a pretty bad guy. He's yeah. It's really, he's like a, one of those, you're talking about the antler guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's a weird antagonist where like, you know, he, you know, he threatened, uh, Ileana just to make sure that, you know, she wasn't, anything special even though she is a well, he wanted um, to make sure she didn't have wings right and you know but she that's because we learned that she had those uh surgically removed but yeah but then like you know he kept his word so it's one of those things where it's like you know he's he's like the he might be the the op he might be the opposite side of the same coin as like the ward where he's just like the antithesis of an antagonist you know what I mean? Where like he is just a man of his word. He just he does. Are you talking the will? Grimy things. Oh, the will. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I keep calling him the ward. <laughs> I think you said the ward earlier, and it, and I, I started did. turning it over my head, going what? And then we were on to something else. But anyway. Yeah, I meant the will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I think he's more like the will sort of thing, where it's just like you know he just Very doesn't great. have a lying cat. Yeah. Oh, I love that we got more lying cat in this episode. Or uh, in this arc. This yeah, episode. she's been gone for a minute. She's my favorite character. I've got a statue <laughs> of her. It's awesome. Uh, it's, uh, I would hate to have a lying cat. <laughs> and it's not even that I lie all the time. It's just It would just get like annoying. Like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to go work out later. Lying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, like, fuck. Oh. Maybe it would help me, though. And then I'd have to like really, really face down myself. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Who I, wants to do that? Me. <laughs> I'd like to be the best version of myself I can be. And, oh, and, that sounds and, like a lot of work. It, it, it is a lot of work. <laughs> you know how hard it is to get out of your groove? It's a groove oh. for a reason. Oh. <laughs> yes. Gotta jump tracks. 
I'm ready to go from We Will Rock You to We Are the Champions. Oh, man. Well, that, that's not that, that's an easy transition, right? <laughs> Come on, we can do this. <laughs> God. I hate myself. No, I'm Fucking kidding. Mighty Ducks ruined that movie for or mo- ruined that song for me. Oh, man. Uh, no, actually, I love uh, what was it? Because it was in the they did that at the end, right? When they were camping or whatever. Yeah. 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 No, but you know what movie ruined that for me? Uh, a Knight's Tale. A Knight's Tale. Because <laughs> the people in the stands started doing We Will Rock You. Bum, bum, sh- bum, bum, <laughs> I'm like, is this the thing they did? Wait a second. <laughs> they did totally did that. copy this? <laughs> that movie was awesome. <laughs> I remember seeing that movie It was movie so unexpected. On, oh, man. I remember seeing that on HBO or whatever. Like, as a, like it, living, when I was still living in New Jersey as a kid, and they, they started doing that. I, and I legit thought to myself for a moment, like, there's no way. That that move that that beat is that ancient, <laughs> but maybe it is. <laughs> well, that was like uh, in Shanghai Noon. They did that also, where they had like modern rock music. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because like, didn't they have it like cut so that like right when somebody lands in a horse, it starts playing "I'm Back in the Saddle Again." What that was with um, Owen Wilson, right? Yeah, and Jackie Chan. The movie yeah. was fun as fuck. I don't oh, care. Oh man, <laughs> I need to revisit that. movie. I remember that movie, but I, I haven't Jackie seen that in years. Jackie Chan's great. And I, I just saw Rush Wilson. Hour. The movie was oh, fun. Oh man. Oh, Rush Hour was fun too. He was great, paired up with Chris Tucker. So good. It was so good. I rewatched that a while ago. I was like, man, this movie is great. <laughs> <laughs> for a comedy, for a '90s comedy, for a '90s comedy, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up on those movies. I still have a fond spot in my heart for them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm rushing. But I'm like, oh my god, Rush Hour is on HBO Max. <laughs> man, I had a great time talking with you tonight. Yeah, man. No, thank you so much. This was so much fun. Oh, dude. Um. So yeah, pl- I know we we discussed a little bit earlier, but please uh, plug your podcast again. Yes, uh, seenitcast.com. Uh, the seenitcast. If you're searching on podcasts, we're on. Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, and I guess all the other uh, subsequent places you most like listen to podcasts. But yeah, we talk about all things movies. And uh, it's me, Kova, and Stephanie who have all been on this show. So come check us out. And I've been on Cinecast multiple times. It's always a fucking blast. I love recording with you guys. Oh, it's so much fun having you on. We need to get you on more. I hope uh, PCL doesn't keep you too often. <laughs> I know. I, I love going out with my friends and, and talking movies. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, thank you all very much for listening. Until next time, this has been Startcast. Bye. <laughs>